This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. More than a decade ago, I did the unthinkable. I moved my family from Montana's Gallatin Valley to Libertyville, Illinois, a community 38 miles north of downtown Chicago. In many respects, Libertyville reminds me of Bozeman, Montana. It's a wonderful community in which to live, but Libertyville lacks the backdrop of snow-covered mountain peaks. It also lacks the blue ribbon trout waters for which the Bozeman area is famous. I'm thankful for the Des Plaines River, which runs a few blocks from my house. I've enjoyed riding my mountain bike along the trail, which runs along its banks, but I have no plans to fish it. It's not the Madison, the Yellowstone, or the Gallatin. And Dave, I think you have a similar story, don't you? Absolutely. About two decades ago, actually 25 years ago, my wife and I left the mountains of Colorado, actually the front range of Colorado, for the manicured streets of Wheaton, Illinois. Wheaton, Illinois is known for John Belushi, grew up here. And it's also known for Wheaton College, where Billy Graham um, attended. And it's a terrific place to live. And Jan and I left the land of fishers and hunters, driving pickup trucks with dogs in the back for the land of investment bankers, really asset management. Uh, in fact, the Wheaton area is known for its asset management firms. It has one of the largest uh, unit investment trust companies in the world that's actually officed here. In fact, I can throw a rock to the building from where Steve and I are recording right at this moment. But let's we left, do that when we're done. Yeah, let's do that when we're done. Let's throw a rock <laughs> yeah, at, at the right. building, right? So, but we, but my wife and I left, you know, the front range where I did skiing and fly fishing. I did some hunting out there. We moved here, and I have to tell you. It was a huge shift. In fact, I actually wrote a book about it called Death by Suburb uh, like 11, 12 years ago. But it was a really big shift. So what were we thinking? Well, I guess we'll get to that because what we want to talk about today is a topic that's important for fly fishers who, like us, live in exile. Now, I want to say this. Neither Dave or I are complaining. Absolutely not. We live in great communities. And quite frankly, if we had wanted to move back, uh, you and I have both had some opportunities to make that happen. But it hasn't made sense, uh, really, for other reasons than than fly fishing. We we both love fly fishing. It's a big part of our life. But that's not our ultimate uh, uh, calling or or challenge in life. So uh, here we are. Uh, What that means is today we're talking about living in exile versus living in Bozeman. Now, Bozeman, Montana is where I lived. Uh, Technically, we had a Belgrade, Montana address and lived in the Manhattan, Montana school district. But Bozeman could be Boise or Cody, Wyoming or Idaho Falls or Bend, Oregon or any place where a Blue Ribbon Trout River is only minutes away. So let's talk about that, Dave. And maybe the place to start is... What's the most painful part of living in exile? I need to begin with a qualifier, and you actually qualified it really well, but I need to add to that. I am so grateful for my life, and my life is a direct result of the choices I have made. I mean, some people, they don't have that luxury. Sometimes um, you're not able to 
to live where you've made choices to live. It, it is, it's been foisted upon you, and that's not true of my life. I'm here in the Wheaton area because of my own choices. And so if I ever start to whine, Steve, go ahead and slap me. Here, put your face down here. <laughs> Sorry, you didn't even flinch. No, I didn't. <laughs> but actually, I hurt my hand as I was slapping it. Oh, man. So recently, um, you know, the, the really the topic for this came up over Thanksgiving. This last fall, I did not go to North Dakota. It was the first time in 35 years, I believe. So I did not go back to hunt with my, my, with my father and my brother. A couple reasons for that. One, my brother was in China, so he wasn't able to hunt with us this year. So he and his children did not come. And the pheasant hunting was really bad this year in North Dakota. Uh, a lot of pheasants just didn't make it because of the drought. Pheasants get their, um, get their water from the dew in the morning, in the spring. And, and when it's exceptionally hot, there's no dew. And so consequently, a lot of the pheasant population died out. Long story, I just missed North Dakota. I missed the Northern Plains. So yeah. it wasn't the Blue Ribbon Trout Stream at this point. It was... It was missing home and missing yeah. this ability, mm -hmm. literally, to go out 15, 20 minutes to be able to hunt. Yeah. And I just didn't do it this fall. And I had this deep longing and just missed being in the Northern Plains, even though you and I had been out to Montana, you know, about a month ago. Right, right. Maybe that contributed How about you? to it so as well. What yeah. is the most painful part of, of living in exile for you? I, I think for me, it's... It's missing the hunting. You know, we're able to do a lot of fly fishing, but I, I do miss the hunting. You know, back in the day, my dad, my my brother and I uh, bow hunted a lot. You know, we shot elk with a bow, with a rifle, uh, a lot of white-tailed deer hunting. And and that was a big part of our Thanksgiving. I've, I've thought about that, I think, every year. Maybe it's that, that fades a little bit in the memory, but, but there's still that, uh, like, oh, man, I'm, I'm just so used to Thanksgiving Day uh, going out and hunting in the morning, and I've even shot deer uh, one year, uh, just missed out on, on an elk, and then you, know, you come back and have Thanksgiving dinner, and then the afternoon you're, you're going back out again. I, I miss that a lot. So you didn't clean up after Thanksgiving? So you were able to get back out on the river, so someone else was cleaning yeah, up Thanksgiving yeah, that, dinner. Yeah, that's right. That's uh, I, I can't deny that because my wife, will, if she's listening to this podcast, would uh, definitely challenge that. No, that's true. And, and I think too, I missed the fly fishing. You know, just two or three hours after work. You know, I had a uh, this week's great week work, but I I got in really early one morning, and so I. I could have taken off a little bit early, but it's like, well, well what do I do? You know, I, yeah. I'm not going to go down to the Des Plaines River and you know cast a fly there. Uh, so I, I miss that. You know, sometimes when uh, caddis hatch would come, you know, really hit with force or, or salmon flies or something, I could get out. So I, I miss that. But I think like you, Dave, that there's kind of a broader. I, I love the outdoors, the the mountains. I mean that that country, uh, that country re-energizes me and and i'm able to get back thankfully we, we've been blessed to be able to get back and you know sometimes well for the two of us once a year but i've had other things that have taken me back so i get back two three times a year yeah you get more you get back a lot more than yeah. i do and so that i mean there there is a re-energizing that goes with that but i kind of miss the opportunity to do that daily or weekly so 
you recently, without saying too much, you recently had a shot to go back to Bozeman. At least there was a possible opportunity yeah. mm-hmm. and there was a conversation about that. But I don't think you seriously entertained it. So what keeps you from going back and why put up with the Midwest? Yeah, you know, I think there's a couple of things. I mean, probably first and foremost is is my calling as a pastor, and I, I really feel uh, committed to the the church that I'm that I'm serving. And, and not that I couldn't ever leave, but I you know I love the people. And what I've noticed too is that in in the kind of work that I do as a pastor, that that long term uh, relationships are, are better than. You know, pastors who, who come and go. So that, that was a big part of it. And I, I think as well, realizing that, uh, wow, we, we've, we've gotten used to the amenities of the Midwest. Yeah. Uh, I mean, man, we're, we're 30 minutes from O'Hare. We're 50 minutes from the Milwaukee airport. And, uh, you know, even, even an hour from Midway, which uh, I hate having to go to Midway because it's more traffic. But Good night. We, we have such easy access to airports. Uh, some of the, the writing, some of the uh, teaching that I've done, you know, all has come about because of connections here in the Chicago area. Uh, I mean, it's just a great place to network with people. And it's, it really is the center of the earth. This probably goes back to flying. I mean, if, if you want to go anywhere in the U.S., and, and even if fly fishing is involved, I mean, we've, we've talked about going back to Maine uh, sometime and, and maybe fly fishing, uh, you know, there. Uh, Those big brook trout. Yeah, that absolutely. Known well, for. You know, all of a sudden, uh, you know, Chicago is pretty centrally located. If we want to fish on the East Coast or fish uh, out in the West, it, it's a great place to be. And then family is a huge part. Uh, you know, at one point, my brothers and I, you know, all lived in Montana and, and our kids were. Uh, three of them were born there. They, the, our oldest was born in Portland, Oregon, when I was in graduate school or seminary there. Uh, but you know, our, our whole family was in the West. Well, now two of our kids are, are in the Midwest, and and grandkids enter into the picture. So it's uh, yeah, th- those are some of the things I think for me. What, what would you say, Dave? What about you? Well, my wife and I have talked about moving back to Colorado. I don't think we've really talked seriously about moving to Montana. But for me, I have a business, and Chicago just is the center of the universe. And we have a lot of financial services companies, a lot of technology companies that we've served through the years in healthcare. And it would be really, really difficult to move back to Colorado. Now, obviously, there's a lot of companies with corporate headquarters in in uh, in Denver and you can do that it, but it becomes a different kind of business and so uh, the center of our lives are really here and until that changes I don't see yeah. us making that decision so yeah. it's one part kind of the center of where I built my network for my business but another one is our roots are here so when we yep. moved back here 25 26 years ago this is where my wife actually grew up. So it was very fortunate. I came back for a job, but literally her mom lived five minutes from where I worked every yeah. day. Hmm. She went to Glombard West High School. And and so 
which is just a few minutes away. Our kids, that's in Glen Allen. Our kids here are Wheaton. And really one of the best, District 200, one of the best school yeah. districts. So your kids have roots here now, too. Uh, yeah, that's well, my kids know nothing. Yeah. They, all, yeah. they all were born, you know, at, uh, well, my older three are all born, you know, at now at Northwestern Medicine at uh, Central DuPage Hospital in the area. Long it, And also Jalen, our little adopted daughter, her family is here. Her, adop- her um, half-sisters are here. So it'd be really difficult to move. So all that to say is at some point it becomes not about you and what you really want and this singular focus on fly fishing. And, and so that's why, that's why we're not, that's certainly not why, certainly why we're not moving anywhere anytime soon. Absolutely. And I think the other piece to this as well for me, and I, I know for you, we've talked about this is the challenge of living life in the West. Now, I'll say I, I loved it. I loved every minute of it, but it, it's hard. It's, it's a hard scrabble life, it especially is. in Montana. Oh, yeah. And no matter what vocation you are, unless you know, you're in you know, Bozeman, Missoula, Billings, Great Falls, you know, some of the bigger population centers. I mean, even there, the, there's a limit to the jobs. But, well, you take those places out of the picture. Uh, wages, everything else, it, it's not easy. And, and there can be kind of a mentality that, well, part of your wages are the mountains. And, yeah. And yeah, I yeah, love yeah. the mountains, but, man, they, they didn't, the mountains didn't put food on the table for right. me. Right. Well, we have a friend out there, your friend, uh, who is a dentist, and he has a practice, and he has done well. And so for people like that, it becomes a really great place to live. Right. And he actually grew up there. Mm-hmm. And then after college went back and after dentistry right. school went and there's back. i mean there's engineers there's uh, bankers software designers uh, doctors attorneys so uh, those jobs are there but they are a uh, uh, little fewer and far between right they're mostly professional services jobs mm-hmm. and there's not yep. corporations out there now there yep. are but just very limited so the point is simply to go back is to basically con- you know conscript your life yep. into being very hard in yeah. some ways. And hey, we know that not everybody listening to our podcast lives in the West, and it's it's the same thing, I think, for, uh, you know, about 12 years ago, looked at the possibility of moving to Maine, into Portland, Maine, and and I, I know a little bit about that that region. My, my folks both grew up in Pennsylvania, so, you know, th- these things are not just uh, related to uh, Montana, but it could even be the difference between living in in uh, the the suburbs of New York City or or Boston or Philadelphia and and uh, you know Richmond Virginia but then having the same kinds of uh, thoughts about boy it'd be great to live in this small isolated uh, rural area where there's some great trout fishing but it's it just hard to do that you know one of the recent shows that Dave and I have been watching uh, that was uh, first, uh, I think it was an A&E uh, program, and then Netflix bought it. It was called Longmire, and they just finished their sixth and final season, and it's, it's set in uh, northeast Wyoming and uh, written by uh, Craig Johnson, who's a Wyoming author. But uh, if you're ever thinking about moving to the west and, and living in a small town, watch Longmire. Now, I'll say this, it's, it's a television show, and so the only thing that would be unrealistic is, is not what happens on the show, but maybe the, you know, maybe the amount of what happens. It's like uh, what you see happen in one episode may happen in a decade. Right, 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 right. But right. you know what? The, the very issues that they deal with, uh, man, that, that's what life is like, and it's not easy. 
one of the great tensions in, in Longmire is this relationship between the Native Americans and the white people who run this, who basically run the town. And it, one, it's, I would recommend it. If you get hooked on it, you'll binge watch until yeah, you're like, you, will. you can't even. Six s- seasons of it, it's on Netflix. Yeah, it's, is, that, is that like 60 episodes? Yeah, I think I feel it is. bad. Yeah. I've watched 60 yeah. episodes of that. But anyway, <laughs> Longmire, but it is a really great example of, yeah. of a hard scrabble life in the yep. West. Yeah. It is. It is. So those are some of the reasons why, uh, uh, you know, we, we don't move right back to uh, Colorado or to Montana or Idaho or, or Maine or wherever. So I guess the question then is, is how do we cope with it, Dave? Well, I think of it like a companion. Uh, I've used that expression talking about the stress of running a business. You have to always live with the with the what I call the companion of trying to land new clients, trying to get money from the clients you already have, and then managing cash flow. Right? You got to make have to make payroll every couple of weeks, and so it, it's like this: if you let it overwhelm you, or let it like dominate your life it can be you can obsess over it i also think that thinking about being in exile and missing fly fishing in the outdoors for me it's also upland game hunting is a little bit like that it's it's like a companion mm-hmm. that i have to live with yeah and and i've gotten used to it mm-hmm. and I, to be honest there is a sense of sadness there's a yeah. sadness that i feel that at four o'clock i can't pop out and hunt you know, mm-hmm. two hours, yep. you know, as the pheasants are coming to the road, you know, hunting, you know, driving the section lines that we have yep. in North Dakota, all these things that I was able to do right. and hunt many, many times, fish many, many times a year. Mm-hmm. You know, you go from now, you and I, if we fish 10 to 15 times a year, that's a lot, right? Right. right. 15 days mm-hmm. a year. Yep. And before you don't even count because it's, yeah. it's during the season, you're going out a lot. So... Uh, so it's a companion that I've learned to live with, and yeah. I think there is a sense of sadness, mm-hmm. and I'll always have that sense sure. of sadness. How about you? I think there's a flip side to that, too. I mean, we, meaning you and me, we go back west at least once a year. Some years we've done it twice. Uh, I usually have a reason to get out there. I still have some family in Idaho. and So I'm, I'm usually out west a couple times, now, even if, if one of them is not a main major fly fishing trip, I, I still get in some fly fishing. And what I found when I go back is the advantage is I can fish without the distractions. I mean, I'm, I'm like you, Dave. I miss the opportunity to go out for a couple of hours here or there. And I, I, I miss, uh, oh, the caddis hatch is on. I'm going to drive over to the Yellowstone. But on the other hand, I remember some of those times that I was hurrying to get back for a meeting or or just life is happening and when we go back west a couple times a year there's that opportunity to fish without any distractions yeah that's a Uh, that's a really great point that's been really helpful so you know wherever you live if if you're i mean if you're listening to this and and you live in the the boston area or you you live in philadelphia uh hey you're not that far from some good fly fishing and take a couple days and and go enjoy it and what, what you'll find I think is you can actually unwind a little bit more uh, because you've got extended time yeah, and we'll I like that. right that's there. a really great point yeah. yeah you know I think too just you talked about families and the opportunities I, we've we've really enjoyed some of the amenities that Chicago land has to offer and and you know we, 
we love fly fishing, but there's more to life than fly fishing. And what? I, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> I think about my son and your your son, similar. You know, the opportunities they've had to play college football. Uh, good night, my my son, who's now in Denver, uh, in grad school, and he's working at a health club. So on Thanksgiving Day, he he uh, he he sent a Snapchat, a video Snapchat. And, and there were two televisions, big screen TVs, right up above where his desk is. And on one of them was the Detroit Lions game, and on the other was a Villanova basketball game. And, and he just panned it back and forth and said, he says, this is fun. I'm, I'm watching players on both teams that I played against or with. And I thought, yeah, wow, you know, that, that only happens in, in Chicagoland. I mean, I... At basketball, he's you know he's played against a, a team of guys that have been to the Final Four and and a couple of NBA players and and now the same thing with footballs. I mean that that part of it has been a, a lot of fun and and uh, you know th those are th there's trade offs. I guess that's the point. There's trade offs. Yeah, and the networks, as I mentioned earlier, I yep. just think you know there's. Uh, you know, Chicago is a big city. I think the whole area is, what, 10 million yep. people, something like that. that. That's right. Uh, I think oh. it's getting smaller yeah, it uh, is. with people moving out because uh, of the yeah. expense of how to I live know. here. But, mm. uh, but I, I found being in the business community, I can't believe how now after 25 years here, how I know everybody. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and you're like a, not a full degree. You're like a half or a quarter degree of separation from people. Yep. And, and when I find that I haven't met somebody, it's really rare or I don't know somebody they've already known. So, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. the community here and the business community here is yeah. just really strong and, and I have to be, I'm just very That's grateful true. for that. Plus we fly fish uh, within a couple hours of here. We fly fish the driftless, uh, west of Madison, so that, that would, I mean, we can literally drive two hours and, and get into some good fly fishing for trout. Now, we like to go a little bit further than that, uh, you know, even into southeastern Minnesota because you don't have the, as many crowds. But we have the driftless. We have um, fly fishing in Michigan. So it's not yeah, like... We cannot complain. Yeah, oh no, we can't at all. No, no, Not no. at all. And we also get to enjoy each other. I have to tell you that some days I think putting together these podcasts is as much fun as fishing. <laughs> Man, I, I know. Partly because of the we, lunch. We catch, we catch as many fish <laughs> when we're podcasting, don't we? <laughs> yeah, that actually has been the great joy over the last oh, two and a half years. It really been has doing been. This, right? So, I in fact, know. we were just talking today. It's really sunny out, and it's yep. December, but it's really sunny out. And we were just reflecting on, man, so many of our podcasting recording days are on sunny days for some yep. reason so uh we can walk to lunch and, i know and knock out four or five episodes that's and right bright sunny days may not be the best for fly fishing but boy they're sure good for <laughs> podcasting and walking to the restaurant so well living in fly fishing so exile. what's the point of all yeah, this yeah that's true well i think the point is that that living in fly fishing exile can be painful but it's also doable and Sometimes it's even preferable when you consider the other factors in your life. So, you know, we've learned don't let it be an excuse. Don't, uh, uh, you know, don't, what, get down about it or, or be morose about it. Just get out there and go do it. Do it. Yeah, yeah. get Take after Take advantage of the opportunities you have and, 
and make it happen. Well, it's time for great stuff from our listeners. Uh, David offered this great story in response to our podcast on laughter really is the best medicine when fly fishing. And this is what David wrote. He said, yes, laughter is good medicine. I remember a trip to Yellowstone. I was so excited to be fishing the famous river. I had always dreamed of fishing since my first days as a fly fisher. I couldn't wait to get on the water. I quickly slipped into my old flyweight waders, rushed to get my rod ready, tie on my fly, and then entered the water. My wife was snapping pictures per my request. I wasn't in the water long before I was cold. Dang, this water is cold, I said. I thought to myself that I should have put on some long underwear. After I made a few casts, I realized why the water felt so cold. My waders were filling up with water. <laughs> so I trudged out of the water, stripped my waders off, and discovered my jeans were soaking wet from top to bottom, completely wet. At first, I was a bit angry. Then I realized several people had stopped to take pictures of me fly fishing the Yellowstone. My wife started laughing, then I did, and then a few tourists started laughing too. <laughs> it was a bit embarrassing, but I didn't let it stop me from fishing. I just walked right back into the water with my fly rod with my soaking wet jeans. <laughs> I managed to land several trout, so it was all worthwhile. We still talk about it and laugh about it all these years later. Oh, that's a great story. <laughs> you know, if you're, if you're fly fishing in jeans and you're not catching anything, you're going to get mocked. But, hey, if you're pulling in trout. Absolutely. That, who cares? You're a genius. That's somewhere. a great look. You're a genius. I love it. <laughs> well, that's going to do it for today. Tell us about your experience of living in fly fishing exile. Please go to twoguysinarever.com and comment on this podcast link. What have you learned about living in exile? You can find Two Guys in a River pretty much everywhere, certainly on all the social platforms. We'd love for you to visit Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and follow us there. We also publish a new episode each week on our website, and we continue to get great notes from you thanking us for the podcast and asking how you can help us. We'd love a referral from you. Simply pass on uh, the notion of our podcast to a friend or spouse. That's how we grow. We'd also love for you to purchase our book, The Fly Fisher's Book of Lists. Life is short, catch more fish. Well, thanks again for listening. From here in exile, I'm Steve Mathewson. <laughs> and I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. <laughs>